good morning, everyone. Um, I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to plagiarize Patrick's introduction from last week because it, it was, it was perfect. Um, I am not Pastor Jim, um, but I will make one minor change. Um, I, I will agree with, with, with Patrick. Um, uh, the preaching you hear this morning, I'm going to do my best, but I do encourage you to come back next week as, as Pastor Jim is just an, an amazing Bible preacher. Um, he knows the word of God. He loves it. Um, and so I highly encourage you to come back next week. Um, but where I, well, I'll disagree with Patrick was, you know, Patrick made the bold statement that uh, he was uh, better looking than Pastor Jim. Um, I, I don't know if I can stand up here and make that, that same statement, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm taller. So, uh, you know, take that for what you will. But uh, um, like I said, we'll, we'll find out if he's listening because we'll see if I get the uh, the height challenge next week. But uh, um, but no, just uh, very thankful for the opportunity to, to preach to you here this morning. Um, just kind of, again, want to just say thank you for everyone for attending over these last couple of weeks. Um, first for Brother Clayton and then for Patrick and Aiden last week and then for myself here this morning. Um, just continue to be in prayer for Pastor Jim and Laura as I believe they are on their way back today or over the next couple of days they'll be heading back our way. So just pray for traveling mercies for them. Um, and then also got a text message this morning. Um, Noah and Hannah are coming back from their honeymoon, so they will be driving back to Ohio. So be in prayer for them today as well. Um, and then uh, just one uh, quick note for our fall kickoff. Um, I will say that is one of the probably the most fun events that we host here at Grace Baptist Church. We have a a wonderful time. Um, we're going to have some really fun skits planned that we're going to start recording here soon. So, Brother Jeff. So a couple years ago, we we had, we had had some fun at Brother Jeff's expense in, in one of the uh, the skit videos, and so uh, Brother Jeff took the opportunity to return that favor this morning during uh, our Sunday school hour. Um, but I do need to remind him: yes, we have not recorded this year's videos yet. So, um, Ed, we might have a new skit idea. Um, so, but yes, it's just a, a wonderful time. So I highly encourage you if you've not been to that um, to please come out and join us for the um, for that event. Um, so this morning, we are going to spend time in Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Um, we're going to be reviewing verses 1 through 7 um, a, a little bit quickly. Um, I had actually had an opportunity to preach on verses 1 through 7 at an adult Bible study um, a while back ago. And um, just to give a little bit of background as to kind of where I thought that this would be a good place to come back to um, was with the, the COVID shutdown. Um, this isn't going to be a COVID message. In fact, outside of this, there'll be one other time I'll bring it up. And otherwise, we're, we're just going to uh, jump into God's word and just see what he has for us. Um, but I thought it was needful to, to kind of explain kind of what my thought process was um, during that COVID shutdown and uh, why I thought that looking at kind of the marks of spiritual maturity, um, again, would be worthwhile here today. Um, so just some clarification needed, because I don't want anyone to misunderstand as we proceed through this, I'm going to be talking about and what, in my opinion, was was possibly kind of a silver lining to all of this. Um, but the clarification that's needed is, economically, that time absolutely devastated our nation. It devastated families. It devastated our local economy. It devastated local businesses. Um, and so it's not intended to make light of that burden faced by families. Um, we've had folks in the church where we had factory workers that were sent home, unable to work. Um, independent business owners that sunk, you know, all of their money and their livelihoods into these businesses and then were told you were not essential and told to close down. Um, other independent contractors, you know, I think, you know, some folks in here that are hairdressers, you know, that maybe don't necessarily own their own business, but they don't necessarily work for someone else, you know, were, were left stranded. So I'm not making light of that situation, but I will say I found myself in a position of looking at kind of the, if you say the evil days that were surrounding us, and finding a little bit of a silver lining in that, 
in that as the world kind of shut down and the pace of life slowed, it gave us opportunity, I think, or at least what I was hoping and praying for, would give many people an opportunity to spend some more time in the Word, spending more time seeking out some good sources for some biblical preaching. Um, I know myself, as we began to ponder what was live streaming going to be like for our church, how are we going to accomplish that, um, other churches were doing the same thing. Um, just a short list of the people off the top of my head, but I know Dalton Robertson's church, Michael Scott's church, Andrew Stensis's church, um, Nate Browning, I think the teens will know him as Robin Grodney. Um, his church also began live streaming and also putting out other online material for their congregation. And I know that was the heart of our pastor during that time was we still needed to be able to preach the word. We still needed to get into people's homes with the word of God. And that was the best way that we could do that at the time. Um, James Knox is another one. Now, I know he had put out quite a bit of YouTube material prior to the COVID-19 shutdown. But I know that all of that was just a blessing to folks as they were kind of being courted off and shut off, even just from their fellow believers in Christ, but also family members. Um, and so throughout all of this kind of this craziness, you know, the part, or I guess what I was thinking was that God is still in control. So no matter what all is going on with, with this particular shutdown, with all the craziness going on in the world, um, God's still in control of that. And if we have faith and we have trust in that, then it frees us up to be able to do some other things. And, and this was the other part was, you know, I, I think back to that Ephesians 5 verse, you know, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Again, with the pace of life slowing down, in my opinion, it felt like a great time to start to redeem that time, start spending more time in study, spending more time listening to other, like I said, good Bible preaching. And so I, I guess my prayer life in that time kind of started to change gears. In addition to praying for all of the people that were put out due to this COVID-19 shutdown, and whether it be financial or family members, you know, I, I you know thought about all the folks that had loved ones that were in um, nursing facilities or any type of care facilities like that that were suddenly cut off from their loved ones. Um, but I also began to kind of include another request, and that was while our schedule had become much simpler and our world having slowed down and pace of life slowing down, that we as Bible-believing Christians would take this opportunity to kind of reevaluate our own walk and our own Christian testimony. And more specifically, um, at this time in my life, as, as a husband and a father, I started to think, how am I doing being the spiritual head of my family? How am I doing raising um, my daughter Lily and my son Evan? You know, during this time of uncertainty as a, as a husband and a father, you know, your wife and your family, they're looking to you for guidance. They're looking to you for consistency. You know, so how are we doing in that? And then I thought of my, you know, for my wife, Amanda, or just wives in general, you know, how are you doing in keeping the home and helping um, be that help meet to your husband? And a lot of occasions um, for the folks either that uh, were still working during that time. I know I myself was sent home to work. Um, I'm still teleworking from home today. Um, so, you know, now being in the home more often, that puts a lot more strain on the wife to, to be able to keep that home um, well and, and to have peace in that home. And then I thought about the children. Um, now, with Evan being two, there wasn't a lot of reasoning I could do with Evan. But with Lily being four, you know, there were some discussions I had with her. But, you know, I think of our, of our, um, our youth group and our children's ministry, you know, but how is your heart towards your parents during that time? You know, are you obeying as you should? Are you helping out where you can? Are you praying for them as they're protecting and sheltering you from what's going on out in the world? And then lastly, I just began praying for just Christian, Christianity in general or Bible-believing Christians. How is your walk with the Lord? You know, during that time, were we casting our worries on the Lord the way that we ought to be? That way we could continue to be effectual in the ministry um, that we've been called to do. 
Are we praying for our leaders that they make right decisions? Um, you know, it, it, it's easy to it's easy to armchair quarterback some of the things that our government was doing during this time. But when reality, those discussions, you know, can be fun and lively. But ultimately, we need to be praying for them. And then, are we studying God's word so that we can know more and strengthen our relationship with God? Um, and that last point there was the part that was pretty convicting for me. Um, you know, I, with a, a lot of different things going on in home life and in work life, and then still trying to do some things in the church, you know, especially with getting the live stream up, it was easy to get focused on the tasks and starting to lose sight of where my walk with the Lord was. It was easy for me to say, oh, well, I'm doing all of these things, so that, that'll come along. Well, it has to be purposeful, um, and especially in occasions such as this. So, um, Sorry, so that was kind of the, the pre-introduction, and now we'll get to get to the introduction, and hopefully by the end of the day, we'll at least have, we'll have gotten to some of the message. Um, <laughs> speaking of, I am glad to see Patrick here this morning, because uh, I, we always have a running joke. I think there was uh, a couple months ago where I think uh, Brother Jeff had done a, a Wednesday night Bible study, and we thought that the uh, nursery workers were going to be looking for him after the service and, uh, for having gone a little bit long, and... And then Patrick last week and did a phenomenal job. And, and just Aiden, man, I, I'll, I'll tell you, you did a wonderful job. I can't wait to have an opportunity to hear you preach to us again. Um, but just uh, just some fun things when we when we get to get get together as believers and as a congregation around the Word of God. So thank you for for last week, and uh, we will jump right in. So, like I said, we're going to kind of do a quick review of one through seven. Um, but let's first, let's just start in our, in our text that we're going to be spending our time in today. And we're going to look at 1 Peter, and that'll be chapter 1 and verse 8. So we'll read chapter 8 through 14, or sorry, verse 8 through 14. Then we'll kind of jump into our view and we will go from there. So 2 Peter 1, verse 8. So for if these things be in you and abound, and these things were some of the milestones of spiritual maturity that we'll look at um, in earlier verses a little bit later, but... For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am the tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ had showed me. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, we'll bow our heads in prayer and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just again, I thank you for this opportunity that I have to, to stand before these people and to preach your word, Lord. I just, I just ask that you give me clarity of mind to, to present this, uh, to present your word as accurately as possible, Lord. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you be with the folks hearing this and that you just open their hearts and their minds. And I pray that it is fruitful and beneficial for them. Um, and Lord, again, just lift up Pastor Jim and Laura as they're traveling back home along with Noah and Hannah. Just give them traveling mercies. And again, just be with us here this morning. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. So we'll get started by going back and we're going to review a little bit of Second Peter verse one through seven. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the, the, the keys of Bible study is, is that Pastor Jim would say is always to know who mail you're reading. And so we'll just look real quick to verse one there in chapter one. And it's Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have attained like precious faith through, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So this is written 
to church-age believers. So this is written directly to us. So the admonishments, the, the, the teachings, the guidance that we're going to find in Scripture is, is for us, and it is to us. So with that in mind, you know, we're going to look down at verse 3. And then verse 3 is, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and to virtue. So where do we receive our knowledge of God? Well, the King James Bible we hold in our hand. This is where we receive our knowledge of God. It's been perfectly preserved. We can trust it. Um, in this day and age of, of unknowable truth, you know, depending on which news station you listen to, you get one version. You listen to another, you get another one. Um, with all of the, again, all of this craziness going along with, with the COVID-19, it's hard to tell who to trust, who to believe, what, what to listen to. But just as believers know that the Bible that you hold in your hand is truth. It is absolute truth. You never have to question it. You never have to be weary of it. It is truth for your life, and it's a guide for our lives. And so, okay. I'm going to try to be cognizant of the time this morning, so see where we're at here. Okay. So, not going to talk anything more, like I said, just more about the COVID stuff, but just again, just be weary of, of what you're listening to and, and what you're sharing and passing along. And again, we will come back to a little bit of that um, here in a little bit later. But I do want to jump very quickly to verses 5 through 7, and we'll try to get through this review here um, fairly quickly. So Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. So we're going to go through each of these milestones quickly, just so it'll set us up by the time we get down into verse 8. So faith, the foundational truth in our first step in our Christian walk is the moment of our salvation. For by grace are ye saved through faith. So that remember that this passage of scripture is written to those whom are already saved. Um, so the steps of Christian maturity, uh, again, it, it has nothing to do with your salvation. These are all things that come after your salvation. So as we talk about things here, you may be feeling, I'm doing pretty well in that area. Maybe I'm not doing so well in this area. But just know none of that has anything to do with your salvation. That's been settled the moment that you ask Christ to save you. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other thought is, too, you know, as, as we, as you're, if you're someone who's been newly saved or maybe you've been saved for a long time but have just never taken that next step, you know, I kind of jotted a note down here for myself that, you know, that there is possibility that a believer could kind of camp out at that step and, and never mature beyond that. Again, your salvation is assured, but as we're going to find later on in the scripture, um, that's not where God wants you to stay. Um, so on our next point, we'll move on to virtue, and that's the practice of moral duties from a sincere love of God. Um, and, and this was one that I remember when I talked about it at the Bible study, um, I believe that was the first time outside of, uh, just preaching to the one way kids, but I think that was the first uh, adult uh, service I got to preach. Um, <laughs> it, it's the start doing mentality. Um, you know, take the next step, you know, maybe it's attending more services beyond just the Sunday morning. Maybe it's coming for a Sunday school. Maybe it's coming for Sunday evening. Maybe it's volunteering at a ministry that you've been thinking about, um, and maybe it's just something as simple as going out and practicing evangelism, giving the gospel to someone. But whatever that next step is in virtue, just start doing. Um, and we'll notice that the, the third uh, uh, Christian maturity milestone is knowledge. Um, 
and take note that virtue comes before knowledge. Um, and so my, kind of on my note that my personal testimony in this area is living out before you right now. Um, I am standing up here preaching to you, and I am not a trained preacher. Um, I'm an engineer by trade, which means I like to sit in a cubicle and really not encounter anyone. But yet here I am, <laughs> um, you know, standing up here before you. And, and so the idea that you need to know everything there is to know about a thing before you can do the thing, well, scripturally, that, that, that's, that's not how it's laid out. The Lord wants you to take that step, and then we'll work out the details later. Um, you know, I think back to, you know, to Patrick and Aiden, who just preached for us last week. You know, did you know everything there was to know about that topic before you came up here and preached it to us? I'd say you knew a good bit about that topic because you had studied and prepared, but you didn't know everything there was to know about that particular topic, but yet you still came up here, and like I said, I, I can attest to it that it was incredibly beneficial. And thank you for it. Um, so again, take the opportunity, and if you do have a lack of knowledge, and again, we're going to spend a little bit more time in that as we get closer to verse 8, but um, this is the opportunity um, to, to remedy that situation. Never let a lack of knowledge be something that stands in your way of being able to do something. Take that leap of faith, take that next step, um, and whatever the Lord would have you to do. Then temperance, as we gain knowledge, um, we do become more accountable. Um, this is that, that thought of discernment. Um, the Bible's clear on many, many things um, that we should keep out of our life or have in our lives. Um, and if there's any question of doubt, then the Bible, in my opinion, has that catch-all. We're to have the mind of Christ. Um, allow that to be the litmus test for anything that you might find in a gray area. And then we have patience. Um, and I, I think this is kind of a dual-natured one. I think you're to have patience with others in as much as you're to have patience with yourself as well as you continue to grow. Um, you know, resist the temptation to compare yourselves one to another. Um, I would stand here to say, and I would say that Patrick, you know, as a preacher and, and, and deliverer of the Word of God, did a much better job um, th- than I would do. But does that keep me from serving the Lord and what the Lord would have me to do? Well, no. Um, and ultimately, um, when it comes into uh, comparing yourselves one to another, you know, don't look at, at your rate of maturity. You may be a, you know, a, someone who got saved years and years ago. And you're not at the same level as someone who got saved one year ago. Again, just resist that urge to compare yourselves one to another and just have patience with yourself. Um, and then godliness. You know, speaking of resisting to, uh, an urge to compare one to another, you know, I, I think it's pretty easy to say that we as believers, you know, our only standard in living is Christ. That's our goal. That's who we're be, to be like. We are to have the mind of Christ. Um, and then, so going back, um, a verse that kind of stuck out to me on, on this one was in First Peter chapter two twenty one, and that says, "For even hereunto where ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps." And then brotherly kindness. At this level of Christian maturity, we know some things, we've experienced some things, and we know what it was like to be a new believer. And because we know what it was like to be a new believer, that is where we need to show that brotherly kindness to our brothers and sisters in Christ who maybe are not as mature as we are. Um, you know, we know what struggles they, they went through because we probably oftentimes went through them ourselves. You know, and then I would also point out that a fellow brother and sister in Christ should find us kind and willing to help out in any time of need and ready to offer biblical counsel. Not the world's counsel, but biblical counsel. And then lastly, we have charity. All that we do in this life should be grounded in a deep and sincere love for God and what he has done for us. And if you would, let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to go to verse 13. 
All right, verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Just what a perfect picture of that charity and even in that brotherly kindness as well. So the first mark of that kind of that zealous Christian living and, and having the zeal for a uh, Christian or a, sorry, a spiritual maturity um, is realizing that God through his word has given us a provision for that spiritual growth in our lives. Um, verses three through seven has shown us those milestones. <laughs> and then uh, I had a, a note here that, you know, in the infamous words of, of Pastor Jim Alter, that that concludes our introduction. And now we're going to get into the meat of the message. Now, I know we're going to go through verse 14. We are not going to get through all of that this morning. Um, I have the, the opportunity to be able to come back and preach for you tonight. So wherever we don't get done this morning, um, we will finish it out here this evening. So looking at verses 8 through 14, um, you know, we're looking at how we can build upon that, that spiritual maturity and, and, and what, what having those, those things um, can do in our life. So let's turn back to Second Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read uh, verses 8 through 9. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So the Apostle Peter, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, presented the believer with a promise and a warning as a result of our spiritual growth, or in some cases, the lack thereof. Um, and then something that was interesting was take note of the differences between verses 8 and verses 9. Um, both are dealing with spiritual maturity. One is presenting a little bit more of maybe a positive connotation and the other a negative. So looking again at verse 8, it says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the qualifying statement there in verse 8 is, for these things be in you and abound. So these things are those milestones of spiritual maturity we just reviewed a little bit ago. Um, and that word abound meaning to be uh, in great plenty or prevalent. Um, so, you know, having previously mentioned those milestones, a maturing believer has accomplished these things through the Holy Spirit um, with labor and purpose. They take work. Um, abound doesn't mean you have arrived. It doesn't mean that you get these things once you have achieved all of those things. You know, once you've achieved charity, then you get the promises that are being stated here in verse 8 and verse 9. Um, no, it's something that we will continue to work on. It's a, it's a growing process. It's a linear process. Um, and, and I'll tell you, when I first read that verse, when I read abound, I kind of had to do the double take because I just kind of imputed upon that word that it was, it was perfection. You have arrived in each of those areas. Um, and it's just not the case. Um, so wherever you are in your Christian walk, just keep moving forward. And then we look in the second half of that verse 8, and we see the promise. So, for if these things be in you and abound, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we look at those two, those two, um, two words, barren and unfruitful. So barren being unable to reproduce, and unfruitful producing no fruit, or in this case being an ineffective in ministry. So we think of our command to make disciples. Um, you know, with, let's go ahead and turn here to Second Timothy verse, or sorry, chapter two, verse two. So that'll be Second Timothy 
chapter 2, verse 2. So again, this is speaking of, of making disciples. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So the discipleship ministry here at Grace Baptist Church, the, the intention of that is to be able to take people who have been trained up, can handle the word of God well, to take a brother or sister in Christ that, that uh, maybe is a new believer or, or not as mature as, as the discipler, and to take them in a one-on-one relationship Teach them the Bible, teach them right doctrine, teach them the, the things that we would stand upon. And then the idea is then is then that person, having completed their discipleship, would go on to be and to disciple someone else. And it's vital for what we're trying to do here. So if you look at the qualifying statement of these things be in you, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. So we see that tie of Christian and spiritual maturity tied with the with at least the discipleship ministry here at our church and the biblical command to be able to teach others also um you know if you know you know i'll use the term baby christian i don't mean it derogatory in any any sense of the word but you know if you're a baby christian you don't have much that you can teach that person you know what christ has done for you he has saved you so evangelism from a step one that is always that is always available but we're talking about getting into the deeper things of the lord and as you mature having that ability to reproduce yourself and someone else um so if we continue to grow spiritually then that barren and unfruitfulness won't be applied to us and we have that ability to continue on and then now looking at verse nine again kind of the same the same thought but just toned a little bit differently um but now we look at a bit a bit of a more of a negative tone but he that lacketh these things, again, being those spiritual maturity milestones, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So noticing that difference, you know, this verse, I think, directly deals with the believer who has chosen not to seek growth in their Christian life. Um, you know, for whatever reason, you've gotten to a point where you just you're, you're not seeking the things of God anymore not spending time in the scripture and you have just kind of plateaued um at, at certain of those milestones and just haven't proceeded any further and here's where i feel like then the bible is giving us a warning not so much a reward but the warning is that you are blind cannot see from afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins so looking at that blind and cannot see afar off um you know i just take that to mean that this person cannot see danger coming when it approaches them um, you know, I'm repi- reminded of First uh, Peter five eight, where it says to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about see- seeking whom he may devour. Um, you know that be sober, having a clear mind, focused, and be vigilant. You know the keeping your head on a swivel. You know watchful for, for possible danger or for difficulties. Well, if you're blind, you're not going to be able to see those things, and we're not talking physical blindness. We're talking about being blind to the knowledge of what God has for us in his word. Um, you know, that lack of spiritual maturity um, in, in this area, as far as that blindness, it increases the risk of being swayed by false doctrine. Um, you know, I, I go back to, and I was thinking through this, I go back to uh, Pastor Jim many years ago, I think it was 10 years ago when I looked it up, had done a History That Matter, Matter series. And something that very much that stood out to me in that series was when he said that the difference between False doctrine and right doctrine, especially when, when uh, Satan had gotten, gotten his hands into things back with origin, 
you know, it's not, it's not a difference in miles. It's not measured in miles. It's measured in inches. You know, it's very easy, and I think most people would be very easy to see some of these things that are way out in the left field. Like, yeah, that's absolutely wrong. But look at this. Look at some of the other things that Jen just a little variance. Just well, you know, you know, baptizing infants. Well, it's still baptism. It's not that far off, and it doesn't take long before you can start to be swayed um, out of right doctrine. So again, just being again, that blind cannot see afar off. Um, also, uh, kind of a tunet to discernment. Again, knowing what's right and what's wrong, um, being able to identify false doctrine and avoiding it. And then, forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Um, and this is one that I'll share a little bit of my own personal testimony. Um, and then I'm going to try to wrap up here, here with the next five minutes or so. Um, but don't be weighed down by past sin and regret that would make you ineffective in ministry. Um, I can say that I was saved when I was a little boy at a vacation Bible school. Um, and then when we talk about, you know, being stuck at, at one at one step of Christian maturity and not making any advancement. So I was saved when I was a small boy at vacation Bible school when I was nine years old. And then really from that point forward, I never really attended church. Um, I had an aunt who would take me every now and then. I would do vacation Bible schools. But as far as faithfully attending and growing and learning in the Lord, that didn't happen in my life. It wasn't until I started attending here. Um, almost about 10 years ago that I really started getting plugged into what God had for me in his word. Um, I remember a conversation that I had with my in-laws. This was prior to asking them um, uh, if I could uh, marry their daughter. But one of the conversations that they had with me is they asked me, he's like, well, if you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? And my response at that time was, well, I know I'm saved, but I don't know if God would still want me. Um, I hadn't been living for him. I hadn't done anything for him. And it was that understanding of eternal security that I hadn't grasped at that point. And I was maybe 20 years old, 21 years old at that point. Um, and I got saved when I was nine. I spent a lot of time not doing anything for the Lord, not growing or maturing. I was stuck at that faith level. Uh, now, praise God, um, uh, through some discussions with um, Amanda's family's pastor at that time, he got me hooked up um, with uh, the church here at Grace Baptist and went out and had some ice cream with uh, Pastor Nathan at the time and talked me in, and I've been here ever since. Um, so, again, at that moment of that question at age 20, I was being weighed down by past sin, even though I was saved, and I trusted, and I knew that, but it was the, I was being weighed down by my past sin and regret. It made me less confident in my own salvation. Um, and so that mature believer understands that the blood of Christ washed away our sins and every sin we would ever commit until the Lord calls us home or until we're raptured out of this place. Um, and as Paul said, you know, this truth, it doesn't give us free reign to sin. That's not the point. Um, but it does free us to be able to serve God in the way that God would have us to serve, regardless of being held out by that past sin. And... Uh, I'll tell you what, so we're here, it's about 20 after 11. I think this might be a good place to pause. Um, when we come back tonight, we'll, we'll get started going through kind of some of the difference of uh, conviction and chastisement versus guilt. Um, I think that is something that I think a lot of believers will struggle with and will hold them back. Um, but yes, I definitely, I encourage you to please come back tonight. Uh, we'll be able to finish up this morning. Um, but uh I will just say, especially th that thought of of being held back by past sin, you know, my prayer for you is that it, it's not something that you're dealing with. And if you are, you know, give that up to the Lord. When you got saved, 
Um, the Bible says, you know, that sin is put as far of you as, as the east is from the west. Um, it, it should have no more hold on your life. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, you know, and, if, and again, not, we'll, we'll save that for tonight. But, um, you know, I, I will say this, you know, as you go off this afternoon, you know, be thinking of some of those things that are in your life right now that maybe you haven't taken the next step on. Um, maybe you've plateaued at some of these locations, and as we'll talk a little bit but tonight, you know, God forbid that you haven't backslidden in some areas because of an unwillingness to take the next step. Um, but just, you know, remember, you know, as we approach Scripture, you know, it, we, approach it, we approach it with faith, but then also, again, just with, with the mind of not simply reading but with studying. And again, we'll get into a little bit more of this tonight. 